Welcome to Outrageously Human. This is Elle, and we're at episode three of this podcast experiment. This episode is going to be a deviation from my original plan, just like the hiatus that I took. Originally, one of my best friends, Blake, was going to appear in this episode. We had an incredible. Incredible conversation, and it is going to now be episode four. Blake, if you're out there, sorry, not really sorry. It'll be out, and I love you so much. So, this deviation episode is about an idea that has been running loops in my head for the last month, maybe longer. I think it's asking for a home that is outside of my lovely head, so I decided to make it a home here, in the world of podcast. And this is an idea about simple, innocent, and unreasonable wishes. If you're listening, I really want to know what are your simple, innocent, and unreasonable wishes. For me, my simple, innocent, and unreasonable wishes are to sing and dance. They are simple, and they feel innocent to me because I don't really ever want anything from them. Just singing and dancing is enough for me to grin and glow and feel alive. I could look and sound like a fool, and a lot of times I do, and that does not stop a part of me from being ridiculously happy. In fact, every time I sing and dance, I would picture my inner kid, and I would just see her head held so high, and feeling like she's on top of the world. You know, one of those moments when a kid gets on a talent show for the first time with no care for the world, no matter what happens, they're just so happy to be showing themselves off to the world with I don't know a lullaby or "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." That's how I feel when I sing and dance. That's how a part of me feels. Let me clarify. And then there's the unreasonableness, and that's the part that makes these wishes, in a way, the most precious, and also the most difficult to fulfill. Because I don't know about you, but for me, I learned the hard way just how many reasons I could give myself. To not satisfy the simplest pleasure that I want. My wish to sing and dance was not something that I knew I could still honor. Until one day, a little over a year ago, when I was sitting on a plane and being notified that 
we weren't sure if the front wheel of the plane will hold any weight when we land. Everybody went into emergency landing procedure. The crew ushered everybody to the back of the plane in a matter of minutes, if not shorter. They told us to let go of our glasses, jewelry, high heels. They taught us how to brace, while the pilot kept the plane in the air at cruising altitude, so that passengers have enough time to get prepped. And something I learned by experience about emergency landing is that there isn't just panic. There's also an excruciatingly long moment of silence between the time the plane remains at cruising altitude and starts to descend, and the pilot giving the brace for landing order. There was a good three four minutes where it was just dead silence. Except in my case, there was a woman. Sitting towards the front of the crowd at this point, who said in a really calming voice, "If you believe in prayer, let's all take a moment to pray." And I took her invitation. It wasn't like my brain was still working at that point, so the prayer I had was just something that came to me, and I prayed. If I made it alive, I would sing and dance more. Immediately after I heard myself saying that prayer, I was like, "Damn, have I lived a good life? Don't have major regrets. Nobody that I desperately want to say I'm sorry to. No major wrongdoings that I'm still, you know, noodling over." Pretty good life, all right. And I was even more shocked by how simple my wish was if I got to live. And as you can clearly hear, I did. But here's the thing: I got off the plane, and it took me a whole fucking year. Three hundred and sixty-five plus days before I actually made good on those wishes, and I guess that's why these simple, innocent wishes are now a fascination of mine. Because over the year that precedes my emergency landing, what happened was I started hearing myself reasoning my way out of them. As anxiety-inducing as a potentially collapsing plane can be, it was also one of the most calming places I have been. And coming back to the ground to New York City, where I was living then, my simple wishes started to be surrounded by questions like, "What are you gonna do today? What are you gonna do this week?" What are you gonna do this month that is "quote unquote" meaningful, substantial, 
maybe contributing to some kind of long-term development or plan. Not that I had one. Looking back, it was almost disheartening how easily my simple and innocent wishes get snowed over by things I think I should be obligated to plan, to do, to dream up. It's almost like there's a voice saying, "Those wishes are too simple." Come up with some bigger ones. Come up with some more validation-worthy ones. Come up with something that you know takes more planning. That has more of an achievement at the end of it. That has you be noticed. That feels more exciting. Well, singing and dancing doesn't really feel. Exciting. It's just joyful. You know, it's not the next new thing. All kinds of reasons. And on top of that, there's this voice of, seriously, why bother? Because my voice had been hurting for a decade, and it has stopped me from singing time and time again. I was afraid to hurt my voice further. And with dance, it's not like I wasn't dancing. I was social dancer, still am, taking classes here and there, going to parties here and there. Felt like I was doing enough. I hear myself tell myself that you're not well enough to sing. You're already dancing. No need to do more. That's good. That's good enough. But just like the sound of my voice right now, they just feel, ugh. There's no sincerity behind those reasons. Wherever these reasons come from, they don't come from a place that feels nourishing. The way dreaming about singing a song or dancing a hip hop dance make me feel. And I guess something about. Our simple wishes have a will of its own, because in quiet moments they will keep coming back, and they are never loud, and they always let me know they are there when I watch someone else do the thing that my unreasonable self want to do. When I watch someone else dancing their butt off in the park. When I watch someone else jamming with a friend and just enjoying the serenity of music, so it did take me a year. In the case of singing, in the case of dance, it was a little longer than that to make a commitment and just say, "I'm gonna sing and dance just because." So after a year of thinking about dancing, and being scared of dancing, thinking about singing, and being scared of thing singing, and thinking about indulging my innocent wishes, 
and being scared that it will be a waste of time doing things for simple, unreasonable pleasure. For some reason, I was just like, fuck it. And I took on singing classes every week. I finally start to go to a dance studio every week. And I don't have any more sophisticated words than to say it feels damn good and damn scary at the same time. A voice that says, what if you should be spending that time on more useful things has not left. But something has been happening that is slowly convincing me that I'm on the right track. And it is the aliveness I feel. I feel a little glowing fire in my belly that wasn't there before. It's almost like the part of me that is worrying, planning, scheming, bigger, grander things for me has a fireplace to sit by as it keeps on worrying. And that little fire doesn't really talk, at least not in words. But I know it's happy. It's happy that it's tended to, that it's given life to. And I think there's something to feeling a kind of gentle happiness that you don't have words for, that all of us want. I'm a big positive psychology buff. And one of the questions that often gets asked in positive psychology is what makes life worth living? As a field, it looks to those things rather than what makes life deviate towards the negative. What I've been wondering is what if the things that make life worth living, at least some of it, are unreasonable? What if they're the things that we've wanted since a time we didn't know reason, didn't know how to, didn't care, when we were just kids and felt drawn to things? Being drawn to things is almost like a luxury these days. It's almost like we need to feel something with a gravity field so strong that it pulls us sideways, and then we go, oh, that might be worth pursuing. But what if our filter is off? What if in the things that you long for and you don't know why you long for them? What if in those things are treasures you also won't have words for? that fills your cup, other things won't, that most things won't. And that seems to be the case for me, because during my hiatus, 
there was one week where I was bedridden. At first, because I was sick, and then because I was just low. It wasn't the first time that I gave myself the permission to stay in bed all day, every day, for a few days. But it was the first time that somehow, miraculously, I wake up, get up, sometime around five or six p.m. in the evening, sing for thirty minutes, and go back to bed. If you've experienced low periods in your life. Where you didn't want to do anything, at all, other than being sprawled out in your bed, you probably would be able to relate to the miracle that I was feeling, and that I am feeling as I'm recounting the story. And I have no explanation for it, except to say, maybe when we let ourselves. Satisfy the simple wishes that we cannot explain. We'll get rewards that we cannot explain either. And that, to me, is pretty fucking awesome. So I wonder what your simple, innocent, and unreasonable wishes are. My guess is they are the quiet ones. Maybe it is to say I love you. Maybe it is to make weird gestures and walk on the street in a funny way from time to time. Be a drama king or queen for no reason. Maybe it is to bake some cookies, write a jingle, or become a plant parent. Or fur baby parent. I hope you let those wishes keep nagging at you. I hope you give them a home in your heart. I hope you get frustrated by seeing other people fulfilling the wishes that you have. And I hope you don't wait for an emergency landing, or a year of agony, to start doing something unreasonable for yourself. Or maybe you do. Maybe you wait longer. Maybe something will knock you out of left field and bring you straight to the face of those ridiculous wishes you have. And if that's the case, I hope I can convince you, like I'm convincing myself, that we're never late. And that's it for this episode. Before I say goodbye, I want to say thank you and send a big hug to my friend Cozine and Mr. Hudson, my high school art teacher. Thank you for letting me know that this podcast is a part of your life. Your messages were a big part of why this podcast got resumed at the time it did. Cause hiatus could be addicting, and for all my friends, loved ones, 
and loving strangers listening out there. I would always love to hear what comes up for you. It's part of my selfish motivation for starting this podcast to spend time with people on the things that actually matters to me. So send me a note, an email, a text if you have my number about your simple wishes. I love you. I'll see you in about two weeks. We're back to twice a month uploads. Until then, take good care. Bye.